So Obi-Wan Kenobi is, is sitting in the passenger seat and Luke Skywalker is driving and, and he says, uh, let's see some identification. You know, and you're like, oh, crap. And Obi-Wan Kenobi says, uh, these are not the droids you're looking for. He just said exactly what he wanted to happen. And I just think that's a great metaphor for what the modern music producer has the opportunity to do. You don't wait for permission anymore. It's such a freeing thing for the artistic spirit. Welcome to Recording Studio Rockstars. I'm Lid Shaw, and this is the podcast created to help you become a rock star of the recording studio. Hey, everybody, it's Lid Shaw. I'm your host of Recording Studio Rockstars, the podcast bringing you inside the recording studio. I created this show to introduce you to the real world recording professionals so we can hear their stories and learn from their experiences. And you can take your recordings to the next level to become a rock star of the recording studio yourself. My guest on the show today is Mark Hafner, an Emmy award-winning TV and film composer with many film, studio, and TV network credits. Some of Mark's clients include Disney, NBC, CBS, ABC, Orion Pictures, Atlantic Records, P. Diddy, Usher, Busta Rhymes, Notorious B.I.G. That's cool, dude. And uh, many, many of the major market USA uh, TV stations. Mark is a creative media production professional with over 25 years experience in television, film, and music and advertising industries. He's passionate about helping entrepreneurs and businesses shape their personal and business brand with well-crafted storytelling and focused messages. He provides consulting and production services to clients, combining his unique blend of experience in copywriting, voice coaching, music consulting, and original production, video editing, show packaging, and promotional videos. Uh, Mark's also got a special freebie offer that he's going to tell us about at the end of the podcast just for listeners of Recording Studio Rockstars. So I'll just leave that for you as a teaser. Stay tuned to the end and he'll tell you more about that. Mark is also a business partner of mine and co-host of Podcast Professors, where we teach you how to get started in podcasting, which, of course, is a form of audio. If you are interested in podcasts yourself or even the audio side of podcasting, you can check us out at podcastprofessors.com. Mark, welcome to Recording Studio Rockstars. Are you ready to rock, sir? (laughs) I am. Thank you for having me, Lidge. Dude, it's such a pleasure, man. And of course, we see each other regularly, but it's really cool to just have you here officially on Recording Studio Rockstars. I'm excited to talk to you about, you know, your whole world and what you do in music and all the cool experiences you've had. So I did my best to introduce you. Can you tell us a little bit more about you and, and also tell us sort of how you got started in all this? Well, you know, when I, when I you know, of course, we were talking about your show and, and, and coming out of the record industry, the music industry in Nashville, which I also come from. I'm a Belmont University graduate, which you know is uh, right there on Music Row. The thing that I was hearing in my description, it was very business. You know, I write music, yeah. you know, I do. I, I write music and and all of that business stuff sounds good. And, and yes, it, it is important that you use your music for something that, that people will pay for. And I, and I guess maybe that's what's helpful to understand in a nutshell, how I've shaped my career. Because I, I, I did come from you know, the love of music. Uh, just to real quickly, I went to school in Texas for two years to study jazz at North Texas State University. 
uh, piano and, and saxophone. Dropped the saxophone. There were guys that were playing uh, sight reading eighth notes at 320 beats per minute on the <laughs> metronome. They were m- like mutants and you're like, okay, I quit. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be a player ever. And then I, w- I went to Nashville because um, uh, in high school, I had a, a rock band that won a contest on a rock radio station that got on a, some vinyl. We were, there was a, va- a ballot in the uh, record, which we got voted the favorite band and we got offered a little record deal and we all went to college. <laughs> so, uh, we, it, it, but, but, but to this day, all of us are working musicians or in the music industry, either players or teachers or, uh, you know, it's really wonderful because it was that moment, I would say, you, and I know I, it's, it's, you're going to ask this later, but it, it was that moment that actually made us all know that we could do this. We could, we could be in the music business. You know, it's funny. You, you talk about starting out and having an opportunity with your band to record to vinyl. And I remember my music professor in high school, he had this same description about how his band, they actually had a mobile recording truck that came to the high school and they just ran microphones into the gym and, and recorded straight to disc for them. Now that's hardcore. We didn't, have, we didn't <laughs> do that. No, that was really cool. That would have been cool. Well, what I was going to say too, is that, you know, um, even in college, we won a music contest and we got to record to some vinyl. And I would say, I'm going to venture a guess here that some of our listeners, kids today also are because of the resurgence in vinyl are getting a chance to record and press vinyl. But there's probably a whole generation in the middle there that just didn't see vinyl at all. You know, never, probably never put anything on vinyl. Just an interesting side note. You know, we were all going through all those technology changes and fascinated by all those lights, you know, and, but, but, but the real grooves in the vinyl, I think stuck to all of us, you know, when we were young and, and those of us who lived through that era, uh, and, and others who even heard about that area, whether they actually knew what it was like, they knew that there was something different about that. I, you know, I was one of the first people to get into MIDI, you know, yeah. no, nobody, nobody, people were scared to death of it. And, and, you know, there were cables everywhere and, mis- you know, th- th- I'm still scared to death. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, the thing is, is, uh, and, and we'll talk about music production in just a second. I'll have actually something very important to say about MIDI. Uh, you know, man, it's just, you got to, you got to start from the inside your heart and soul and, and then all the rest of it falls into to the right places, you know? Yeah. All right. So you went to school, uh, you realized that being a performer wasn't really, you're really your thing. And then that led you to Belmont where you, were you studying recording music at Belmont? I did. I, I started in the, I, I was attracted to their program because they had a multi-track. Because, see, I, I started in the multi-track when I was 15, took one of those little, you know, at the recording studio kind of programs where I learned more about multi-track. They had a, a two-inch uh, 16-3M machine, and uh, I, I can't remember what kind of console it was, but it was a decent console. I mean, this is a legit studio in Paducah, Kentucky, Audio Creations, shout out to George Cumbie. <laughs> he's, oh, I, think, nice. I, I think he's still there. I hope he hears this. If he does, thank you, George, for a whole lifetime of recording a career I really do actually hope that actually brings a little tear to think if George might hear this. That's cool. Um, so um, anyway, <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So that was the, and and, we, and let me just tell that story real quick. The, there was a, there was a record that we heard on vinyl of another rock band, and the contest came about, and and we listened to this other band, and they recorded in in Paducah, Kentucky, which is where Audio Creations is, and we loved the sound of the record. He said, this is a great record. So we, we saved our money, and we practiced in our basement, and we went down to the studio with like $200. 
And I think he was 65 an hour or something, maybe. I don't remember. It was like we had three hours of time. We did two songs, overdubs, mix, everything, you know, and a little funny thing we did with Van Halen, uh, Happy Trails, we sang the acapella. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> yeah. And so then that was our session, you know, three hours. And that was all the money we had. And that was in. I mean, that was the whole experience. We went in, we were prepared. We knew what we knew that we were going to be do, doing overdubs and backgrounds. We knew, we you know, we were prepared before we went. That was, was really cool. So after having that experience and going to North Texas and studying music, going to Belmont, I, I needed multi-track. I mean, it's just multi-track was already under my, I needed it back. <laughs> yeah. You know? And uh, so when I saw that Belmont had multi-track and I could still continue college, I'm like, okay, I'll go there. And I, I could transfer credits in music and still go maybe explore commercial music or, or music business, which actually I finished a music business degree, ironically. So I have a business degree of all cool. things. That's a good um, thing to have. It, well, it sort of is, <laughs> but I mean, our business is still your ears, man. You know that. I mean, you well, know. You well, know. I know, but I mean, you know, it's sort of typical in the music industry that you're going to be an entrepreneur and you're going to be self-employed. So having some understanding of the business aspect, well, that's why is, I thought it was a smart. Crucial. Yeah, that's why I thought it was a smart thing to do. You know, you go to you go to school um, to learn the things you don't know. If you, if you've got music in your heart and soul, let me tell you, there's very few things that people can't be taught. But that's hard to teach. If you can't feel that music and heart and soul thing, that it's hard to teach that. You know what I mean? You can teach technique. You can teach all kinds of other things. But business, yeah. I, I figured I might as well go ahead and get a business degree. So I have a music business degree from, from Belmont and, and uh, you know, I can't, never, it's never met me a job or anything, but I mean, but it did it educate me. I had some wonderful experiences there. There were some, I have, I do have stories about, you know, classes that were very valuable to me in moments. Um, I, I remember the, the, the teacher, Malcolm Mims, who teaches there in the law degree. And, and I was producing a little, teenage artist who had come up from Florida when her dad was paying for an apartment for her to be a little Britney Spears back in the days of Madonna. And we were producing tracks on her at the time I was taking Malcolm's class. And I, I, I mean, if I had to miss his class, I actually got sick to my stomach because I, because I, I didn't want to miss it because nice. he, the stuff nice. he was saying was so absolutely pertinent to the, the contracts that I was doing with the music artists I was working with at the time. I was like, I've, I mean, this was like, you know, $500 an hour with an entertainment attorney, you know, and he's represented, right, right. Malcolm had worked with, uh, he, he represented ZZ Top and, and Mar uh, Barbara Mandrell. Well, so it's, it's cool when you have those opportunities to work with a real mentor, somebody's experience, you know, like, Hey, we're getting to talk to you right now, you know? It's, well, well it's thank a cool you. Opportunity. And, and, and you know, what's, what's cool is, is that actually I'm in Florida and you're in Nashville right now. And, and I love that, that I feel so at home in, in this conversation because this is my peeps, you know, you are my, you're my peeps. And, 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 and I, I, I came into the Florida where I'm at now to, to raise kids and have a family life and that sort of thing. But my industry is, is still in my blood in such a way that I've got to, you know what I mean? You're like, Ugh. yeah. Well, right on, man. Well, hey, so I'm going to jump in with some questions for you, um, and uh, see see where we go from there. So, uh, one of the questions I really like to ask, and want to ask you is, do you maybe have an inspirational quote you could share with us that's you know might help inspire people on their their journey into music and and recording well, music? He, he, yeah, you know, I I'm going to just talk a little philosophy for a second and a quote. I have a quote. The quote is not a music quote. Uh, right away, because I've been in a sort of a film-minded mode for sound and music. And I might even ask your listeners to think this way, because this is very cool 
and very helpful thing to do right now um, where we are in October 2015 and probably will continue for quite some time in the music industry is that some of the easiest places to put music is in film and television licensing. Like if you if you if you're either not in the music business or you want to get in the music business, getting a record cut is really a top getting you really do need to move to Nashville. You need to move to Los Angeles. You need to be in Miami. You've got to be you know, when you say Lich, it's really not that easy. But I unless you're touring with a band and that sort of thing. But you you can imagine, hey, what are these places? I can I can I can license things in uh, of my music in places to people where they want to buy it. So here's here's the uh, I think the quote that I was going to say was from the Star Wars. Nice and <laughs> and uh, what are you going to say, Luke? I am your father. Yeah, no, it's not that one. Sorry, that this was Arnold one, Schwarzenegger. I messed that yeah, up. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I want to hear that again. <laughs> you did a good job. Um, no, the quote I was thinking was, uh, "These are not." the droids you're looking for. <laughs> right, okay. These are not the droids you're looking for. And the reason why I mentioned this is because, you know, we in the music business have had our money move around a lot. Well, you know what I mean? The music industry's income of how it makes money. Sure. And, uh, and so you got to be willing to move your shells. And it's, that's a really hard thing to understand sometimes. But, you know, Lidge, I, I think, you know, you and, and, and what I'm doing and what's going on right now is a very exciting thing and time for artists and musicians to not just always be looking where they were looking before. Yeah, right. And imagine exactly what it is that they want to happen. And that's what that quote means. They're stopped at the, the state, the, the, the city line. They've got to get to the spaceship to get to outer space. Yeah. And, and, the, and the stormtroopers have stopped them. And the, the droids are in the, the buggy, you know, and they're caught. They're going to go to jail. They're going to get dragged into the, you know, the, they don't want to be stopped. So Obi-Wan Kenobi is, is sitting in the passenger seat and, and uh, Luke Skywalker is driving and, and he says, uh, let's see some identification. You know, and you're like, oh, crap. And Obi-Wan Kenobi says, uh, these are not the droids you're looking for. He did some mind-melding powers. He, right? just, he, just, he just said exactly what he wanted to happen. And I just think that's a great metaphor for what podcasting and, you know, the modern music producer uh, has the opportunity to do. You don't wait for permission anymore. You've heard me say this before. Yeah. But I think it's such a magnificently, democratically freeing thing for the artistic spirit. Dude, that's awesome, man. I love how you just brought Star Wars into this and then <laughs> spun it right around into a great inspirational quote. That's perfect. Music is my heart and soul. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I bring music into television and film. That's what I started. You know, I came from the music business. I love songwriting. I want to do more. By the way, if anybody wants to write songs with me, call me. <laughs> nice, nice. But I it, want to write songs, but. It's so key. I mean, whether you're recording music, trying to start a uh, recording studio, writing your own songs and recording them. They all have these obstacles of like, uh, you know, I really want to do this, but I just can't because of this or that or the other thing. Or I'm, you know, I, I don't see myself as a songwriter. I don't feel like I can say it yet because really I'm delivering pizzas for a living. And it's, right. you've got a great point, which is no, just say you're a songwriter. These, well, it's, these it's, are not the droids you're looking for. I'm a songwriter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, so groovy, man. So tell us about, um, you know, something. That was a great quote, by the way. Thank you for that. Tell us about um, an important failure or setback that was part of your journey, turned out to be a learning lesson for you, um, 
you know, on your musical recording journey or your musical journey? Well, the, the, the upside downside of, of my journey for me is that, um, I did have success at a very young age. I was very fortunate to go through, um, go right into the music industry. I mean, from being a young person in college to going into the music industry and becoming a professional producer and, you know, basically composer that ultimately I was doing stuff for television. Um, I was doing stuff with publishers and all kinds of jingles and advertising when I was in Nashville. Oh, you know, do you know what? For Nashville trivia, I did the jingle for Opryland. Oh, for the for the amusement park? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I have an old vintage Opryland flag here in the studio that just sits on the wall. That's pretty cool. <laughs> actually, I I think it's actually on my YouTube channel, and it's like a little thirty second. So I'll make I can send it to you. You can share. Yeah. It let's put a link to that yeah. on the in the show notes so that people yeah. can check it out. And then just and just for future notes, you can also know because I have the radio cast. I can do stuff during a show. You know, I can, right. if you want to, if you want to play music. So. Right, right, right. Totally. Well, so, um, let's see. Uh, so that's, wait, do, did we get to your moment of a uh, failure or setback yet? We didn't no, get we there, did. right? We didn't. We didn't. <laughs> All we right, didn't. Keep going. Keep Sorry. going. Sorry. I just, I want to mention the Opryland thing because I never have told you that. Um, the excitement of doing music in multiple genres as a composer was so attractive to me that I thought, you know, I don't want to be a a rocker dude in a band that's playing the same music for 10 years or country or whatever the style of music is. I just, that for some reason was not what I wanted. I wanted to go into doing a, a, a much broader scope of styles of production and writing. So when I saw the opportunity to go into television, I said, you know, this is perfect. I can write all kinds of stuff. And I did. And it was the really from a production music, just basic music experience exactly what I was looking for. I got to work with orchestras. I recorded with the Seattle Symphony. I got to do, you know, all, all of this, a lot of the big session, A session groups that are in Nashville and, you know, celebrity players showing up on my sessions that I had no idea who they were even celebrities because there were good, there was just good stuff going on. But it, it was, it was for television. And eventually I realized why I was getting paid so well. And that was because I wasn't really putting out my own message. I was putting out the message of my client. Mm -hmm. And my client was a television company and their basic need was to raise their ratings. Mm -hmm. And and so I'm the shiny, you know, stuff that you say, hey, we're wonderful. I'm a jingle for the TV station, you know, or whatever, you know, or or some news theme that 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 uh that maybe made the, the TV station look like it was part of the community in a good way. You know, they were always trying to be positive and stuff. But at the same time, you know what the news is, you know? Sure. And, 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 I, and I got to be a part of it in a way where I was writing news music packages for stations. I was probably one of four or five people in the country that were doing it at one particular time that was uh, big at doing it because I had a lot of big market stations. And it was, it was just starting to become where I was getting the call for that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so what was the failure or the setback in this? It was, it just, I, I really it lost was, myself. I really lost myself. I just, really lost myself because, because when you start right, I'm just saying from a musical standpoint, anybody who might be listening to this, if you, if you, if you're a writer of say dance music or country music or rock music, you know, you make your dedication. You know, I grew up on rock and roll. I grew up on rock music. I grew up in classical and rock and records like that, you know, classic seventies, eighties stuff. 
And, uh, but, but, you know, then it got into this do everything. And then, and then once you do everything and you know this about me, Lidge, cause you know me pretty well, mm-hmm. it's just that then it makes it a little bit, you know, less, uh, what, what it is, the one thing that you want to really commit yourself to. And, and that for me is is what I'm doing right now. This is what the Mark Hafner show is really all about is, uh, is that finding of myself just like someone would do actually. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, um, I'm actually trying to, to talk to entertainment industry professionals to do that because everybody, I, I say everybody, but a lot of people in the entertainment industry, you know, work professionally they do lots of great stuff. And then they hit down the road and they go, why did I do this? Yeah. You know, and, and so that's kind of where I'm at. And, 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 and I find that, uh, you know, there's benefits to, you know, going and, and doing all this stuff for building up your skills to be in all of these different things. But then, you know, your heart and soul like suffers a little bit. So um, I'm, I'm bringing that back into focus right now. And it's, it's an exciting time because of that. Um, but that, to me, is what I had to repair. You know what I'm saying? About me. Yeah. So it's it basically, you know, if you're, if you're a songwriter, for example, it's that process of finding your voice. It's, it's allowing yourself that freedom to discover what it is that you want to write and what you want to say and, and create the music that feels like it's genuinely you. And, and, and then ultimately becomes, you, you become known for it. And that's when you, everybody calls you up and has you do it, you know, and, and it makes it a lot easier. Whereas a composer like me, is like, what do you do? Well, I, I do absolutely everything, right. you know, and, and you, you, you know that about me. I do absolutely everything. Um, and it, and it, it, it's sort of a plague. So I would say in some way that is a, a little bit of a failure, but, um, I, I certainly am happy that I focused on being, you know, a music composer as opposed to a lot of other things. Um, sure, sure. But, well, what but, about, uh, so can you share with us, um, I'm imagining that maybe that there was sort of a, a light at the end of the tunnel and that led to some moments of success and, uh, you know, where you just felt like things really came together. Can you share any moments of success stories, you know, of, of your, on your path? Some success stories. Um, or, or even, you know, just pick one moment that you yeah. remember where you really felt like it came together. Maybe it was a moment where you found that voice and you felt like you were able to do something that was genuine to yourself. Um, I, I'm interested as a writer. I'm always interested. I'm a producer and an engineer. Right? You know, I mean, I'm a very much, I understand the roles of being a producer and an engineer also being very separate. I've actually played both in either or roles or both at the same time sort of thing. But I really love to write, and I am a songwriter, and I, I still, when I think about my dream of dreams, I still think that that's probably the one I'm really thinking I love the most, um, that, you know, writing in general. But um, as far as an experience, um, you know, I, I dabble in songwriting and in, and in film, film writing, uh, but the most important thing I think is, is, is that when you actually make a connection with your writing with the listener and you've actually helped them change. And, uh, yeah. I, I think, I think that that happened with me when I was 15. I was very, like I said, this was an amazing thing. The song was called a dream in the making. And I wrote about my rock band, making it big in the rock and roll business. I mean, it wasn't like brain surgery, but it was just our dream, you know? And it got on this record and people heard it and other people thought, yeah, I want to make it big someday too. And it became this sort of generic dream, mm-hmm. not just for a rock band. The rock band was just the metaphor. And I didn't realize this. So then people started coming up to me and saying, how did you know what I was thinking? 
And I go, I didn't know how you were thinking. I thought, <laughs> well, I knew what I was thinking. And they're like telling me, but that's what I was thinking. You know, I, I said, that's really, it just touches you when you, when you feel something that somebody comes and says, I feel that too. And, and that happened through the radio. I'm just saying that at 15 <laughs> happened to me with a song that I wrote. And I don't think that'll ever, ever leave me. That's cool. And that's one of those experiences where when you, you know, it's sort of what I hear as a description of a hit song a lot of times too, is finding a topic that resonates with so many people, you know, something that's so basic, that's true to yourself, but other people hear it and they think, wow, he's totally speaking to me. Yeah. I mean, I have stories in my profession that I see that's like my pre-professional life, but I do go back to that because that's kind of where I'm, I'm 15 again right now. And I'm going back to that time when I wrote those songs and, and was really passionate about uh, really sharing my uh, belief that people's possibilities are infinite. You know, that was what the songs were. The other song was a rock song called Sky's the Limit. Nice. Well, so that's very cool. I mean, I think there are listeners that um, may be in the same boat as you or a similar experience. They're recording and writing music now that is a form of revisiting you know, um, an inspirational experience that they might've had initially in music. I feel that way all the time. I'm always sort of getting re-excited about music that reminds me of what it was like the first time to start making music. It can be a new one too, but I think those passions that ignited things are important to remember. Yeah. And I think that for me, I sat in sort of a meditation of, of, of for a while when I was working in my studio in, in Florida, because I did have hours alone. Uh, there were not so full of sessions players, you know, coming in and out. I had, I actually had my session players in Nashville and LA via high speed modem. So they weren't in the room with me. You know, I wasn't able to do what we can do right now over Skype, but, uh, but I was still, you know, pretty much alone and, and in a quiet space. And it gave me a lot of meditative time to really, you know, search what were those moments? You know, what were the musical moments that just you just tickle yourself and you go, gosh, I love that. Yeah. You know, what is it? And everybody and it could change. You could be something new, but your first ones are always special. Well, that's cool, man. Well, so tell us um, something that you're just excited about right now. Sort of sounds like you're rediscovering that. Well, uh, yeah, I, I am, I am on the, I am on the verge of, of some sort of discovery, <laughs> people discovering me probably. I, I don't, I haven't been very visible. I, I've been very reclusive and, uh, um, uh, working with clients that were my proprietary, you know, historic clients in television for many, many years and studio clients who came in to make some records. I've had, you know, clients come in and in the studio, make records with me. Um, well, certainly your work was very visible. Well, well, th well, thank you. Thank you. Um, that's what I'm saying. But I myself was working remotely sometimes from Florida and, and, and that didn't seem to matter. So, um, but, but now it's so fun with, with the podcasting and the, you know, social media and video and, uh, I mean, I mean, Lidge, I mean, we have had a chance to meet each other, but we don't get a chance really to see each other, you know, but yet we spend time together all the time. And I'm finding that that's an easy thing to do uh, with the peer group that I'm going to be, cho I am choosing and it's, it's fantastic. So I, I am coming kind of out of the box. I'm starting the Mark Hafner show podcast and uh, we'll have the, the Mark Hafner show.com and uh, you'll be able to uh, subscribe either on iTunes. I, I've got to figure it all out and your subscribers can check out that name though. That will be the name of the show. Okay, cool. And tell us, so if our listeners are interested in music recording, um, what is going to be in your show? Like, why should they come check it out? What, what's going to be about? My show is ultimately, you got to understand, I am a professional and I want to help people make money and I want I want people to enjoy themselves while they do it. And, and I do. 
And I don't think that, that in, in just my personal opinion, I don't think that music has to be a hobby. I think you can make money doing it <laughs> and you can have a great time. So I want, to, want people to know that. Now, my area of doing that is television and film, but it's still music. It's still your rock band. It's still a song license. It's still your band. It's just that you didn't sell or license your song to Atlantic Records. You, you licensed it to Paramount or a, or a producer for a film. And then you marry in royalties. And, and that can be substantial over the years if you get into a decent show. In fact, I, I'll even tell you this one thing. This shocks a lot of people. It's not uncommon for um, producers who have an excellent opportunity for music royalty income to ask you to license your song for free or for very cheap. But people will do it because the back end size of royalties is so massive that it's a no brainer. And but beginners don't really know that and they haven't had that sort of success. So that's what I would say. Look for those opportunities where somebody really has a great big distribution of a great big project. They're spending millions of dollars to market. <laughs> but if you could get your song licensed into it, you know, you don't have to have a record deal. That's cool. That's great. Well, um, I look forward to hearing it, and I know our listeners will be interested in checking that out, too. So, hey, before we get into our um, final stretch here of the jam session, I wanted to give you a chance. Uh, I was telling our listeners that you had a special offer you wanted to talk about, and so I turn it over to you. Would you like to talk about what your, what your special deal is? I have realized that I have a passion for, um, for people and for creativity and artists, music artists, entertainers, uh, performers, voice talent, actors, writers. Uh, I work with directors and producers, and, and, and as well as all of the elements of the, the recording studio people, the arrangers, and all of these people that are the creatives. I love all of you guys. And I, I, I want to be hanging out with more, you know, this crowd of folks in my, my business. So I, I encourage you to contact me uh, regarding, you know, how what I'm doing can help you and your creative work uh, for uh, a consultation initially for 30 minutes over Skype, preferably uh, because I can do audio things and video things over Skype. And we can share things that way for a limited time. I mean, but this is a, this is a very important time to catch a wave, I would say, in the next, I would say, three to six months because something really wonderful is happening. Uh, we, we've got podcasts that are being developed. I'm, I'm, I'm actually pointing podcast marketing at the entertainment industry. So that's, that's what I can help enter, uh, entertainment people to do is kind of, you know, you know, develop their own personal brand online to go out there and sell their own movies, sell their own records, you know, entertain, network in the entertainment industry, that sort of thing. That's cool. And you've recently, I know you described having some fantastic success over Skype, coaching people in things as um, unexpected as voiceover, doing voiceover yeah, work, things yeah, like that. Yeah, let me describe too. that. This is really, really cool. Yeah, it, you know what? In the, in the business of television, there's sort of a routine, just like multi-track recording, right? You got to lay down the bass drum and the kicks and the basic tracks, and then you do the overdubs, and then you, you know what I mean? It's the, this is the way you make music. But the process is normally to hire a voiceover talent to read a script, to do a promotional advertisement, or to have a script for a voiceover read. But the cool thing that's really neat about podcasters is, is that they're their own champion and they're out there with their own show and they're, they're kind of promoting themselves. And if you heard a voiceover person doing that, it would be like, why is somebody else doing that? It just doesn't make sense. You really want to hear the person do it. So what I've been doing is, is I've been getting on Skype calls with uh, some of my clients that want to produce promotional material for themselves. 
And I record them and coach them doing the voiceover. And it makes them the voiceover talent. And I help them to do the best read that they can do performance-wise. And, and then I record it over Skype on my machine because the audio is plenty good for voiceover. That's awesome. So it, it is fun. It is a lot of fun. And I love working with people and, and, show, and, and, they, and the, seeing the smiles on their faces through Skype, you know, that they, they are like, wow, that does sound better. Oh, wow. I, I, you know, they, they're proud of themselves because they're able to do that's it. That's cool. Well, so that's a really amazingly generous offer. Let's pause for a moment and then we'll jump into the uh, jam session. Hey, everybody, it's Lid Shaw, and I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of Recording Studio Rockstars. I really appreciate you, and I really appreciate your time. And as a way of saying thank you, I've created a special mix tutorial just for you, Rockstars, totally free, called the Mix Master Bundle. With it, you get over two hours of detailed videos watching over my shoulder as I mix a song in my studio. Plus, I give you the free ebook that explains how I recorded the tracks, and you get downloadable multi tracks so that you can practice your mixes, including the Pro Tools session file, using nothing but stock plugins in Pro Tools, all of which you would find in any other DAW, whether you're on Logic or Studio One or Reaper. Maybe you're struggling with trying to improve your mix technique, or maybe you just simply don't have access to multi-track files or can't record a full drum set in your studio. I wanted to give you a chance to create your own mixes from full drum kit, bass, and guitars recorded in my studio. The song is called American Winter, and it's off my instrumental record, Skadoosh, and it's all available for you totally free right now. All you need to do to get it is text Mix Master Bundle to 33444 and I'll send it directly to your email. Again, that's Mix Master Bundle with no space to 33444 or you can go directly to mixmasterbundle.com, enter your email and I'll send all the files directly to you. Thanks so much Rockstars. We'll see you guys in the jam session. Cheers. So, uh, Mark, welcome back. Let's jump into the jam session. It's a series of questions, and you can just give us your thoughts. Okay. Uh, so tell us, what was something at the beginning, getting started in music and recording, that was holding you back? The honest truth, it, it really is, is that I, I had a, a fair amount of musical talent at a young age. I had a good ear, and I could pick things out by ear, and I could play things, and people were blown away from an early age. And it was not hard for me to amaze people with music. Nice. But, but... At the same time, it made me very lazy. And I got to high school, and there were guys that had practiced their ass off. Mm -hmm. And they were great, and they were awesome. And I'm sitting there going fumbling around on my saxophone, you know, and they're like smoking me. And I realized, you know, I've got to practice. I've got to practice. And, and so I would say, yes, that, there you go, practice. <laughs> so that's a pretty good musician thing to learn how to do. Because practice, I'll, I'll tell you this. Musicians go, God, this is a, like a composer like me. A composer like me is interested in how you put the pieces of the puzzle together. That's what a composer does. Mm -hmm. A composer says, let's rearrange the pieces. Let's, let's, oh, let's take the different chords, different melodies, different parts, different timbres, whatever. You know, the, all of these things, how do they mix up into a different kind of soup? And that's the sort of fun challenge of a lifetime that a composer enjoys doing. However... Performance is part of music, and uh, the performance side requires practice in a way. Not, not, that, not that writing doesn't require practice, too, but the performance side needs to be automated in your body, and you can't get it any other way than practice. Yeah. Practice is the only way 
that you can do it. And you have to do something repetitively so that eventually your mind is disconnected from your nervous system and your body is just taken over. It's interesting to me that you you actually you throw a twist in there. So the thing that was holding you back initially was being sort of talented, you know, it's, and yeah. I describe that as big brother syndrome in my, in my life. Cause my brother, younger brother by two years is also a musician and he's an incredibly accomplished jazz pianist. And when we were kids, you know, I sort of had this natural knack for picking up some things and playing this, playing that. And because I was two years older, I always had a little bit of a head start. Well, same thing. I, I found myself kind of leaning on those skills and being a little lazy sometimes about practicing. Next thing you know, my brother just like comes along and he just practices, practices, practices. Okay, practices. okay I got that one too. Okay, you know? my little sister, my little sister, she didn't go into the music business. She went in the film business. And I was the oldest of four kids. And yes, I had the sort of limelight because I was the oldest and I'd been given the first, the ten, you know, there, there's a sort of an order of birth, you know what I mean? It's like if you're the first, you get a lot of attention because there's no other competition. And then the second kid comes along, the third kid, and this, that sort of thing. And my sister, she became the engineer for my band. She actually is like a, this little cute cheerleader captain who was in the, the back running the console when we were in the nice. club. And, and she was running the, yeah, she was the engineer. She, and she was that kind of tenacious person like, oh yeah, I can be cool like my brother. I'm going to run the console. And so she was like running the console. And then she got into, um, uh, into art and she eventually got to Los Angeles and her first film was as a production assistant on the Adams family. Oh, wow. Well, that was a <laughs> great so, movie too. And, and well, the, the story on that is, I'll just tell the story real quickly because we're mentioning uh, Yale is, is my sister. She passed away at 32 of a brain aneurysm, oh, but she was so in the sorry. film industry, made a lot of big films. Um, and um, the Adams Family was not supposed to be as big as it was. And so she got on the crew. And what happens in Hollywood is, is that once a big film goes like the Adams Family did, they freeze the crew and they say, don't change anybody. Right. And they, then, then they go to do Robin Williams uh, toys. And then they go and they do um, The Fan with Robert De Niro. And then they go do The American President with Annette Bening and Michael Douglas. You know, and so it's blockbuster, blockbuster, blockbuster. <laughs> or Georgia the Jungle they did. I mean, it's just unbelievable, all these films that she did. But um, Well, that's... It, it, Oh, yeah. that's cool. That's a cool story because, you know, that applies to making... I'm just saying she was one-upping me. She right, really totally, was. I totally. gotta tell you, I, she really, she, I, when, when the story is done and told, she was one-upping me like, hey, you know what? I'm going to do movies bigger than yours, you know, sort of thing. Well, I, I was just going to draw an analogy back to, to us, to our listeners, where, you know, when you're making records, you're in the studio, you're working with people, you're playing in a band with people. When you find a group of people and it works... There's a lot of value in that loyalty of just saying, let's stick with this team. You know, let's, let's, you find somebody who can mix your record great or somebody who can master for you. And it's like, or the guy to do video, whatever it is. I can't believe I haven't told that story because this is, your, this is perfect for your listeners. This, this is a true story. My band formed in my basement and was junior high school guys, guitar players, more guitar players than anybody coming in and out and playing and jamming for years and years and teen centers and all kinds of things until finally we were kind of forming something and the contest did help form actually we were we were at the kind of verge of forming anyway but that that really helped us bring our original songs in which was great um and and it was such i will say is the most magical time of my life probably 
15 years old in a band of guys and we all saw music the same way. And we could all imagine the same record and we all worked together. And it was magic. And then after that, our guitarist, Don Carr, who now works with Sweetwater Sound, uh, was a lead guitarist for my band. He, he played with the Oak Ridge Boys for 20-something years as their lead guitarist. And uh, he, um, can I say this right now, <laughs> Don, <laughs> talking about Don, um, he pursued a career, I think, with other bands for many years after that of his own and ended up touring with the Oaks, you know, because it was a good, it was a great way to make a living and he had a great time playing guitar and he loved playing guitar. But I think he wanted to make some sort of band of his own, kind of like what we had in high school. And, you know, me, of course, I didn't really pursue the band formation way of pursuing music, but um, although I was making songs all the time, but I didn't have a band, he, he was always really wanting to do that and never could, I don't think. I mean, Don, you tell me, you know, how you felt about that. But uh, I just, I, I really think that what we did at that time was a miracle. And it's like, when I look back on it, I mean, because a lifetime has happened since then. And it's like, how did that happen? How did all of us, and, and how did all of us come into a band and actually play together and see everything eye to eye? And we, we imagined the same record and we saw the same vision. Yeah. How does that there's, happen? There's how does something that about that, those first band experiences. It's like first loves with girlfriends. You know, you just find people so effortlessly to play music with and create with. And sometimes it's hard to recreate that, but it can be done by, dang it. <laughs> I, I, I want to believe that it can. And, and it's just, it's keep just pushing. so, and you have to believe that it does happen. And I can tell you that it does. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, so let's jump on to some more questions here for the jam session. Can you share with us like a recording tip, hack, or secret sauce from your own experience, something you'd like to share with everybody? I, I got a gone long, long-term one here. This is not a lately one. Work backwards from the talent you have available. Okay. If it's, if it's your talent, your singer's talent, your drummer's talent, your guitar player's talent, whoever's talent, record them first. Don't tell them what to do. Record them first. Because then you'll hear what they're good at. They won't even know. Interesting. And they, you'll, you'll play back the recording and you'll hear those guys. You know, you'll say, my gosh, Lidge, when you do that little thing, you go, what thing? Right. And I will listen to, you know what I'm talking oh, yeah. about. And so, and, and so instead, of, instead of saying, okay, we're going to structure everything and we're going to force it all in and then we're going in the studio and we're going to know what we're going to do. We're going to do it just like this. It's great to be organized. You should understand what a multi-track recording studio is all about and how it works. You have to. But, and, and so if you don't know, you, you'd better know. I mean, I, I'm assuming that your listeners. Know. Yeah, well, but but let's um, let's here, let me pause for a sec because I, that, I think that's a great tip and um, one that I have not heard suggested before. The work backwards idea: start with your biggest strength in whatever your situation is, and then build it back from there. And I would say my analogy to that is when I'm doing live recordings, which I I do a lot of live to two track in studio recordings, and there yeah. are things that limit what can happen. And a lot of times, if you put a vocal mic in a room with a bunch of other instruments, you need to make sure the vocal is full. And that can be the thing that limits what you can get away with, with the other instruments, for example. So, you know, if you yep. start with that thing, that's like the vocal is the strong point, you got to make sure you have a great recording on your vocal. And then you just sort of figure out 
All right, well, now if we put drums in there, are the drums too loud on the vocal mic? Okay, let's move them back. Let's play quieter. And, and there's synergy There's synergy between the, 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 the engineering technique and the intention of the writing, too. When they synergize, you know what I'm saying? Like the lyrics and... Well, so you were mentioning films a moment ago. That leads me to the next question, which is, do you have a favorite book or a film, something about music and making records that you might like to share with everybody? The book is Rebel Without a Crew. It's written by Robert Rodriguez, who is a filmmaker, uh, renegade guerrilla filmmaker who became famous. Great story. The book is basically a journal and is the journal of how he made a movie with $7,000. And he talks about being a father and a family man at the same time. And eventually the story ends happily many years after the book was written that he is a huge filmmaker having made stuff with uh, Quentin Tarantino and he's worked with Steven Spielberg, and I'm, I don't have his films in front of me right now, but he's, he did Spy Kids. That was his first big nice. thing. Nice. And then he did, um, and he's, he has so much fun, and he's all about the family. I kind of connect that with Nashville sometimes, because Nashville's such a great family town. But anyway, Robert Rodriguez, that book, um, how, you know, it's called Rebel Without a Crew. It's about how to make a movie with $7,000. And it really did kind of spark the revolution of people making their own movies. But, you know, these days, I hope people make their own podcasts. Even. I love it, man. And I bet these days when you start a movie, you can probably even start with less than 7000 and get something going. You know, for, for, for movies these days, $7,000 can make you the Spielberg stuff anymore. Yeah. Well, so, all right. So next question is uh, how about a fit sharing a favorite hardware tool for the studio? Whether anything from a tuner to a mic, some piece, favorite piece of gear? You know, <sighs> your microphone. You know, there are a million microphones out there. And when you first start out, you're going to buy a really good microphone for probably $200 that was made in China. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be really pretty good. And that's what it's going to get you. But don't stay there. Don't stay there. Buy a really good microphone. Buy the best microphone. Save, sell your used car and buy a really good Neumann, AK, you know, a really good tube mic, something. Get a good microphone. Yeah. If you're serious about recording and you don't have but a little $200 microphone, you know what? $200 microphones are amazing these days. Well, now, but you're also going to sound like everybody now else. Now, what's the microphone that you're using right now for this Skype chat? Uh, this Skype is a, is sort of a podcasting design microphone that I actually is the same one you're using, I think. Uh, the Mic Tech Procast SST, which is designed for podcasting. And, and the way that it's designed helps it get the mic closer to you for speaking, which, of course, anybody who knows recording technique is one of the most important things. So that's why I use uh, the Mic Tech Procast SST. It has the radio arm on it, and I can get it right in front of my mouth to talk in a podcast. Now, the, the microphone I use to record with, I have always used a Neumann U89. Oh, cool. I knew you had a Neumann there, so I was hoping yep, you mentioned it. It's, it's my baby, and uh, it, it, yeah, you, you, you did note that it needs a little tender loving care, but it, it is, it's been in my family for a long time, <laughs> and I do love it, and it is a wonderful microphone. It is a real microphone, as you know, and, and your people should know. Awesome. And, and, and uh, yeah, I would say with one piece of equipment, yes, please, you know, one day, save your money, get a good mic. Great tip, great tip. All right, so next one, um, can you share a favorite recording software tool, something, whether it's a, a plugin or a DAW? You know, the plugins, I will tell you, this is secret weapon stuff, I think, is the CLA plugins. I do think that they're very, very quick and easy. I hate to tell even people this because they actually kind of work on their own almost. They sound so good. 
I think they, they do the thing that they do is is they add all of the elements you need because when you when you're a recording engineer you've got to understand the whole signal flow and you do have different things in the chain and so you know with the CLA type of plugins and they're so inexpensive it puts all of the pieces in the chain together they do sort of a behind the scenes tweaking don't think that you're doing all of the work it's being done behind the scenes and it's being done expertly so I would say you know point the pistol and pull the trigger, a CLA plug-in is making make things sound That's good. awesome. Uh, I like that suggestion. I use them myself. And just to clarify for our listeners, you're talking about the Waves plugins, the Chris Lord Algae signature series, right? Absolutely. And, and you know, the, the probably say the first one I would say to get would be the vocal. And, and then other ones are great too. But that, I would say those, those plugins are really nice. Yeah, the vocal is really cool. I actually use that regularly for podcast voices. It just brings the voice forward. Uh, I'm not using the effects that are built in. I'm not using the stereoizer or the reverb or anything. I would say that the main thing they're good for and why it's really like amazing kind of how and what they do is, is, is that it gets everything kind of in the zone quickly. You know, it's hard to uh, know how to adjust a compressor and an EQ and, and the preamp and the, the levels and which microphone and the positioning and all this stuff, you know, and so you've got to do, you're going to do some of it right and you're going to do some of it wrong. But, you know, you do sort of tweak it when you mix. Yeah. And, and, and there are things you do almost all the time because it's, you know that there's like typical hum when the bottom of the snare drum or whatever the problem is, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and you, you do it all the time because you're going to be able to fix it. And that's what that thing kind of goes zip. And it handles a lot of issues. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. You know, it is pretty remarkable. Well, so. okay, so here, we're going to jump into the last and final question. This one's pretty exciting, and you, you may have answered part of it already for sure, uh, but it's, it's this. Mark, if you were dropped into a strange city and you could only take a simple setup for recording, what would you choose? How would you find people to record? And how would you make ends meet so that you could, right away, so that you could continue recording and stay on this, this path? Well... I'll tell you this, man, and you can tell this already by talking to me. It's all about the energy. Wherever you go, you go into a club and you meet some music people, wherever you can find them. And and, and I am really a, a fan. Uh, I have right now, when you talk about equipment, I have a Zoom H6. It's, it's not the best preamp situation for music recording, but man, I've got a six-track recorder in my pocket. It has two stereo mics that sound pretty decent. And I can walk in and just meet a band and plug into their board and start recording a multi-track. So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I like the idea of, uh, of, of being able to bring high fidelity into the mobile world. And so, yeah, I would make, I would make some recordings. I would make some videos, actually. I, I'm big on videos on, because of social media. So what I usually do is I combine video production with the audio recording, which, of course, has got to be amazing. And most people who are video producers don't care about audio. So I'm an audio guy. And so, I, you know, you do a great multi-track or, or a great recording, and then you do a little bit of video, and people look cool, and then they find more, you know, then, you know, you take a piece of the action. Right. So, so now um, <laughs> you, you mentioned the Zoom H6 recorder. It's a portable recorder. Oh, yeah. yeah that yeah. has microphones built into it, and, uh, but you can't, you're not using that to edit your video. What would you need if you wanted to uh, be able to do multi-track and also edit your video? You know, I'm an old digital performer guy. I've been using Digital Performer since 1.0. In fact, it was Performer. And I used to synchronize uh, through MIDI time code with Pro Tools for track. And, and so I'm old school. And, and, and I've always been using that. I love Pro Tools. I've always loved Pro Tools. I'm not even really a Pro Tools user right now. I'm, I'm not really needing to spend the licensing fees they charge. But I still am a fan of their 
their platform. And I do love the, the platform of Pro Tools. And I've had many big blown out systems of Pro Tools. And if you are serious about it, I would almost say the, the only real serious system is, 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 it's not the only serious system, but you better know it. Um, but I'm, I'm working independently, mostly on songwriting and content and producing independently. And Digital Performer is wonderful for me. Uh, so for, for the music side. Now, what about the video side? On the video side, uh, right now, I'm using the Adobe Creative Suite online, which has a monthly service charge, uh, which is kind of interesting because it does connect all of the things like Photoshop and After Effects and all these different things that you need to create really exciting video. Um, I would say those are the three programs. If your listeners have never done video production, per- Premiere, Adobe Premiere, Photoshop, and After Effects, those three programs are included in the Adobe Creative Seat online. You can check it out on their website at adobe.com. And you can subscribe to that, and you get all of this for a monthly fee. And it's, it's, it's for somebody who wants to create media, you're using the tools that the big boys use if you use this. Now, the other tool to use that a lot of people use is a Final Cut Pro. I used to use it um, all the time, and then it, they changed it and so forth. So anyway, the state of the art um, is, is, is somewhat with the big movies is Final Cut Pro. But I would say if I was to recommend to anybody out there, you know, go grab a month you know, trial or subscription to the Adobe Creative Suite and try out Adobe Premiere for video. Adobe Photoshop is the, the photos and graphics you're going to need to understand. And then Adobe uh, um, After Effects does animation and, and, and there's lots of cheap templates you can find online. So you, you can learn how to do this stuff without being the, you know, just being adequately techy. Awesome, know? man. Well, Mark, it's time to say goodbye to our rock stars. But uh, before we go, uh, I want to thank you so much for being here on the show. And I want to ask you, how can our listeners find you and learn more about you? Uh, you can reach me if you want to reach me at mark at markhafner.com. Right on. And now, if they want to follow you on any social media, do you have any particular handles you like to use? On Twitter, I have at uh, MHPROD. Okay, groovy. And uh, again, thank you. And also thank you for your super generous offer of the free 30-minute consultation for our listeners so that they can check in with you and work on consultation to uh, better their brand for their business, video, music, and podcasting, as you described it. So I think that's a great opportunity. Anybody who wants to work on, uh, what if they're songwriting? Can they contact you about songwriting? Yeah, well, there, there's there's a couple things we're talking about here because I am a marketing person. I help people market themselves. I build personal brands. I am also a songwriter, so I would love for people to contact me if you're interested in doing some songwriting. I, I do music tracks, but I also do lyric writing, and uh, I'm interested in doing more songwriting these Very days. Very cool. And so a great and easy way for you to get connected is just go directly to the show notes, and I'll make sure to include a link to connect you with Mark. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, again, thanks so much, Mark. Really a pleasure hanging out with you, and I uh, can't wait to see you again. I know I'll see you shortly over on Podcast Professors. <laughs> In the meantime, thanks for joining our rock stars at Recording Studio Rockstars. Thank you so much for having me, Lidge. All right, dude. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to Recording Studio Rockstars. If you enjoyed the show and want to help make it better, please leave a rating and review on iTunes to help reach more people. You can click directly over to iTunes or go to recordingstudiorockstars.com slash review for an easy explanation. And if you want more free content, all you have to do is text RSRockstars to 33444. Again, that's RSRockstars to 33444, and I'll keep you in the loop with articles, videos, and podcast updates. 
And I'll let you know about any upcoming giveaway offers, all totally free. Thanks for listening. I'm Lid Shaw, and this is Recording Studio Rockstars. Now, go make great music. Music.